Remember that focusing is often just prioritization. Many that I interviewed for this book indicated the easiest way for them to focus is simply to dedicate 30 minutes to their focus area when they first get up, before anything else can distract them. Thank you for joining us for today's Super U Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. A lot of you know me as Equal Man, the Super U Podcast is designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. Now, today we're doing something a little different. We're giving you something free. We're giving away a free audio clip from my Audible book, The Focus Project. Obviously, it's in paperback and Kindle as well. Thank you so much for making the book, The Focus Project, a number one new release on Amazon. So that was done by you, all you equal maniacs. So thank you always for all the support. We love you. Hope you're making it through these challenging times, and we hope this podcast is helping. Stop lying to yourself. Imagine it's 1959, and you're a student at Stanford participating in a research project. You're instructed to move empty thread spools around in a box, and then move pegs around on a board. Watching grass grow would be more exciting. You finish and the experimenter thanks you, mentioning that many other participants before you found it very interesting and stimulating. You wonder how anyone could find this interesting, but you let the comment pass. The experimenter looks baffled and quickly explains that he's sorry, but his colleague hasn't arrived and asks if you can help with the next group. Can you please take a few minutes to explain how exciting the task is that they will be performing? This next group will also be moving spools and pegs around. As compensation for your time, you'll be paid a dollar. Enough for a nice lunch at the time. You'll also be considered for future paid experiment opportunities. You think to yourself, wow, this is great. A student walks into the room and you tell her about the exciting tasks she will be performing. As she leaves to perform the experiment, you feel a little guilty about the expectations you have given her. You don't have much time to reflect as they usher you into another room for your exit interview. In the next room, you're questioned about the tasks you performed. One of the questions is about how interesting it was. Instead of blurting out, I'd rather watch grass grow, upon reflection, you think perhaps it wasn't so bad. The motion of the spools was pretty cool, and having to arrange the pegs in different orders was a little stimulating. Plus, this was to benefit science and the human race. While you wouldn't rate it as super exciting, you decide to rate it as moderately interesting. Afterwards, you talk to a friend who did the same experiment. Interestingly enough, her experience matched yours. Yet instead of being paid a dollar, she was compensated $20. You're shocked, so you ask her about her task, only to find that it was exactly the same as yours. And she remarks, oh, that was so boring. And you surprise yourself by saying it wasn't so bad, that there are parts that were interesting. What's going on here? What's happening is the mental conflict called cognitive dissonance. This cognitive dissonance study focused on learning how we deal with two opposing thoughts. 
items that contradict each other. In this instance, when you're given a dollar to tell the next student the experiment is interesting, your mind is in a jam. The money, while nice, isn't enough to justify lying. But you aren't the type of person to lie, especially to a fellow student. Therefore, your mind resolves this conflict by determining that the experiment actually wasn't that boring after all. Your fellow student, who's paid $20, doesn't have to wrestle with her thoughts very much. She was given $20 to lie, a large sum of money for a student in 1959. She justifies that lying is worth the money as well as her contribution to research and experimentation. The task to her remains boring regardless of what the researcher tells her. Since 1959, similar studies of cognitive dissonance have been helpful in understanding psychological stress when presented with contradictory ideas, beliefs, or values. Here are a few conclusions from Morton Hunt's The Story of Psychology. 1. The harder it is to join a group, the more you will value the membership. Once we get in, even if the club is average at best, we will convince ourselves this club is amazing. Number 2. We have selective attention. We look for items that support our current beliefs. This explains the difficulty of persuading folks who aren't in the middle during political elections. Politicians spend all their money on the middle because these people might be open to ideas, whereas those on the edges are not. 3. We will adjust our value system if our behavior goes against it, even when our behavior is immoral. If you're working in a movie theater and you eat the candy or popcorn when no one is looking, you justify it by saying that all the employees here do it, or I'm underpaid. So this is just part of my compensation. Or this popcorn will go stale, and I'll have to be thrown out if I don't eat it. I'm not proud of this, but I certainly did it when I worked at the Hampton Movie Theater in high school. When focusing on our wishes and goals, we must ensure that we don't start believing our own lives. We need to be aware of the daily cognitive dissonance we cycle through. The most prominent form is, I'll start tomorrow. I was too tired this morning for the gym, but I'll be sure to go tomorrow. So many unexpected things happen today. Tomorrow will be easier. I was supposed to write 200 words for my screenplay today, but I wasn't inspired. Tomorrow, when I'm in the right frame of mind, I will easily be able to write 400 words. We're often lying to ourselves when we say these things. Let's face it, sleeping in and eating chocolate is fun. Focusing on what we should be doing sometimes is a grind, so we lie to ourselves. Of course, we all experience bad days. A loved one dies. A pandemic forces us to quarantine. A child wakes up sick and needs to go to the hospital. An accident backs up traffic. Life happens. However, when we focus, the days we are able to dedicate zero time to our main focus should be few and far between. Remember that focusing is often just prioritization. Many that I interviewed for this book indicated the easiest way for them to focus is simply to dedicate 30 minutes to their focus area when they first get up, before anything else can distract them. One young woman said, I need to give myself permission that it was okay to still focus on my goals while I handled a certain personal situation. It sounds silly, but sometimes we simply need to give ourselves permission to continue toward a goal in the face of adversity, in the face of life. Are you focusing on the right things? It's one thing to be focused and another to be properly focused. It's similar to being twice as fast as your grandma, but running in the wrong direction. Who do you think will win that race? There's a story of two brothers. One drank too much and quickly became addicted to drugs. 
When intoxicated, he often physically abused his family. The other brother was a successful businessman who was respected in society and had a wonderful family. How could two brothers from the same parents, brought up in the same environment, be so different? The first brother was asked, how come you do what you do? You're a drug addict, a drunk, and you beat your family. What motivates you? He responded, my father. He was a drug addict, a drunk, and he beat his family. What do you expect me to be? This is what I am. The same questions were asked of the other brother. How come you're doing everything right? What is your source of motivation? His response was the same. My father. When I was a little boy, I used to see my dad drunk and doing all the wrong things. I made up my mind that it's not who I am. I'm going to be the exact opposite of my father. Both were deriving strength and motivation from the same source. But one was focused on using it positively and the other negatively. Which way are you focused? Are there others around us that we can help focus on the positive things? Avoiding chocolate fondue sushi. I'm blessed to own a small animation studio specializing in 3D and 4D stories and films for companies like Chase, Cartier, Disney, and many others. We're fortunate to have a wonderful relationship with our partners, but this wasn't always the case. We are in a good spot today because of our failures early in our existence. I recall that one of our clients wanted a two-minute film to help their sales force generate leads. They loved the first iteration we gave them and wanted a few minor changes. These changes led to more changes, which led to more changes. Along the way, they kept taking what they liked best from each subsequent version and started cobbling them together like Frankenstein. We kept warning them that this isn't a good process for producing a great film. Specifically, if we take a little from here and a little from there, the end result will be disjointed. It's similar to being in the kitchen saying, well, I like chocolate fondue and I love sushi. So let's make chocolate fondue sushi. Not a good idea. We were just starting out and they were one of our first clients. So we wanted to make sure they were happy. We argued internally about what to do. Finally deciding, hey, it's their money. So if this is what they want, let's give it to them. While we might disagree with this approach and will continually voice our concern, let's make sure that we please them by doing specifically what they're requesting. In hindsight, by doing every request asked of us, we were doing a very poor job of guiding their focus. We weren't doing our job. You're probably already guessing the end result. Neither party was happy. It reminds me of the Henry Ford quote, if I asked the man what he wanted, he would have told me he wanted a faster horse. Learning from this experience, our contracts now allow for only one revision, which is unique in the industry. This strict allowance gets all of the key decision makers to focus from the beginning. It helps limit groupthink and avoids us making films resembling chocolate fondue sushi. Having everyone focus from the start produces the best work in animation films and in life. Chapter summary for my month on giving. My grade was a B plus. This month reminded me of the maxim, to live is to give, give to others, give of yourself, and give yourself a break from blame and blaming. Also, much of this month related to focusing on not being wasteful with time. This allows us to have more time to give to others. My top takeaways, number one, 
move the time allocation for volunteering from the should column to the must column. Two, no sevens. Using a rating scale of one to 10 while removing the number seven is a powerful tool. Number three, asking others for favors makes them like you more, the Ben Franklin effect. Number four, step into discomfort every day. All right, since that's the end of the chapter on giving, that's chapter 10 as we move into the month of November, which is chapter 11, not November as you're listening here, but this the year that I took to do this focus project. So please join us next time on the Super U podcast. We'll give you another clip. Again, Wednesdays will still give you the seven super tips of the regular show. So thanks for being listeners each and every day. If you join us for the first time, I hope that you enjoyed it. And most importantly, I hope you're stepping into discomfort each and every day. That's how we grow. You know, when you go to the gym, the way you grow your muscles is to make them uncomfortable, to make them sore. And the same as in life, you need to step into discomfort each and every day. And I hope that this podcast is helping you do that. I hope the book, my new book, The Focus Project, number one new release on Amazon is helping you as well. And so until next time, this is Eric Quammen. Most of you know me as Equal Man, reminding all of us, it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you.